With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Quote at AAA.com slash insurance and save by bundling auto and home. Hello and welcome to the Foot Weekly Podcast, out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from and made possible by our supporters. We're going to talk about gameplay on this podcast. We've already done the content pod, the supporter exclusive this week. So I'm introducing the guests again and Japes, in fact, some people listening to this pod won't have heard. Congratulations again on the birth of your second child. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, my second son was born, oh gosh, a little over a week ago now. Uh, his name is Chase, and we're you know excited for another addition. Two boys now in the family. I feel bad for my wife. She's getting outnumbered rather quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great to hear. And to Brammers as well, welcome back to the pod. Great to have you on. Hello, yeah, lovely to be here. Very excited to talk about the two or three things I've found in gameplay terms. <laughs> and then hopefully learn some new tricks from you guys, because uh, I definitely could use them. Yeah, definitely from our next guest, who is pro player and streamer Dr. Nightwatch. Ivan, welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me, Ben. Yeah, great to have you. And we normally start, well, we almost always start with reviews, which... I think this week, I mean, we'll still do them, but we talked a lot about players on the content podcast and it's a tricky time just because there are so many players out there that we could speak about. But Japes, do you want to throw in another one? I'll give a quick shout out to some easy to link uh, players that I've used that should not be expensive. Uh, Eden Hazard, like really quite good. He he has that knack to be in like kind of a good position then. Not quite like elite tier, like a, you know, a messy, but... Let's face it, Eden Hazard's no longer is not Lionel Messi. Yeah, yeah. And then also like high attacking positioning, better than Robert Lewandowski for me. Uh Griezmann still has a lot of the stats and all the traits and all the right spots. Uh don't be put off by, you know, his lower stat ratings. He's still an extremely, extremely useful player. Mm. And so if you're, you know, looking to fill out your team, you can obviously get Zhao Felix in with him very easily and they're nice. A, a nice little tandem up front. And then what about you, Ivan? Any particular 
players that you've used that have been effective? I mean, they don't necessarily have to be too cheap, but, you know, it's nice if they are affordable for listeners. Again, yeah, as people know, as a pro, you always kind of have a god squad at the start of the year. But one of the more affordable players, I would say, that's surprisingly really good for me is Mendy. I know he's one of the more expensive left backs, but I think he's always been same rating, same stats every year. But this year, I feel he's better than different years. Mm. I think weak foot is even more important this year because of the passing. And with something we're yet to talk about, the popular lengthy styles, I think uh, he fits into that category. And when you make that transition, he becomes even better. He he can't be outran as a fullback. Mm. And even going forwards, he's he's good enough. He can... He's pretty well-rounded. So I'd say he's my favorite player that's affordable and not part of the obvious uh, Yaya Toure, Haaland, or whoever else. Yeah, it's interesting, actually. We'll talk about this, but that means you are what going for boosting his strength over pace then to get lengthy? Correct, yes. I think he does have yeah, yeah. enough pace, and um, his strength mm-hmm. is pretty important as it is, as... Um, as I think people have noticed, and obviously the the accelerate change. Yeah, and actually it is worth mentioning also, like I guess not many players do have higher pace than him as well at this point. So that makes sense. Brothers, what about you? Kind of a cheesy option, but Adama Traore, I know he's like the, oh. the meme super sub, but um, with the way power shots are at the moment and Traveller shots, his um, he's just kind of outperforming his shooting stats. Um, like I scored a power shot from a good 40 yards with him the other day and it's just, it's very easy. Um, Travella stuff's the same. So, uh, you know, he's a pace merchant, but he's, um, but the vagaries of, uh, FIFA 23's shooting system mean that he's probably more, more effective on the attack than he used to be. And he costs very little. Yeah. The, was it the, uh, I guess what's becoming the new meta formation that five, one, two, two, uh, Adama Traore on as the like wide player on the right is pretty annoying to deal with yeah i was gonna say on the other end of the pace spectrum i've used ibrahimovic a fair bit and i always bring him up every year at the start but it's the time when you can use him and he's effective so what, ha- what, what, what is his pace really this good. year i'm curious because I, I, like I have 58 i think yeah ah. 58. and what's the what's the split on a 58 pace it's pretty even actually it's 55 acceleration 61 sprint speed i guess a little bit towards sprint speed but I like him with Marksman. Uh, if you look at Marksman, uh, he's really good because he's got 83 ball control, 83 dribbling, 90 composure, 93 strength, lengthy. Um, pretty much all the shooting stats are in the 90s. Where he excels is obviously like, you know, back to goal, working in players, turning, skill moves, shooting, uh, all the stuff that you'd expect. And I think he's also someone that like, obviously is really cheap, but AC Milan have plenty of you know great players that you can link in quite easily. Just grab a Swedish manager and then you get him another chem point because, of course, it's only two to hit that first chem point. So he's actually pretty, like, surprisingly easier to get in this cycle than perhaps he would have been in the past uh, unless you were going Syria. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed him. I think he's really good. And the other player I used, I mentioned this on the content pods, basically decided to uh, take advantage of the fact that I was on the game slightly early to just spend on a player that I probably wouldn't get to use at this point in the cycle um, and went for a Kocha. And yeah, he's he's like, I think, one of the most expensive Premier League forwards. I think he possibly is the most expensive Premier League forward. And it'd be interesting to see what he feels like, especially because people are talking about the kind of bigger physical players being the faster players. But his pace is really high, especially if you put Hunter on him. He's explosive. And 
his ball, I mean, people have been saying dribbling is, is more of a challenge this cycle. But with a culture, just feels like FIFA 22, to be honest. He's just super agile, especially if you actually use the R1 and LB dribbling uh, with him. Just really, really good. And, you know, you don't need a culture to necessarily uh, have that much success with dribbling. Uh, but if you look at someone like Vinicius, he has much lower composure and balance than a culture. And I found that quite noticeable. A culture does feel better, I think, because of that, even though he doesn't have the like very, very top, top pace. That explosive, I think, really helps him because he has that acceleration. And yeah, I've been really impressed. I think yeah, he is very expensive. So he's someone that people are probably only going to be able to work towards. But someone to aim for, I guess, if you do end up having enough coins uh, to spend on a bigger player. Like I've really enjoyed him. Uh, I think he kind of brings back some of the the dribbling vibes from past cycles, if, if that's what you want. I am quite interested in, in a in a culture because I'm wondering whether he's one of the kind of early beneficiaries of the sort of icon to hero change and also to mm. wait to whether to some extent he's benefiting from the premier league having a kind of i guess a shortage of really top tier strikers mm. compared to past years i mean obviously there's harland but he's out of packs now with um, one to watch and he's kind of in a class of his own yeah he's also three star three star whereas a coach is yeah, like five, yeah, four. yeah i don't know neymar's different but I guess that's kind of a, a comparison. Like they are not dissimilar in terms of their stats. Um, and I think feel, I've used Neymar in draft and they don't feel dissimilar. So I think with that in mind, I think he's... High uh, praise. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's not quite as unique a dribbler as Neymar is because, you know, Neymar has these, seems to have these like unique animations. But I certainly think like he is as capable if you're using him in that way to create space and opportunities. And, and uh, yeah, he just feels good. I think... I was going to mention, though, if you look at some of the other heroes that are like more off league, uh, Orain, the uh, Saudi Arabia uh, right wing, who can also play cam striker as well. I think people are kind of still sleeping on heroes being able to get full cam no matter. Yeah. What Dempsey you're and doing. Donovan are yeah, uh, yeah. like both pretty decent. Of course, being in the US, inevitably, I played against both of them and they were, yeah, a handful for sure, both very good. How have you found the difference playing in the US at the start of the game, Ben? Yeah, it is early, isn't it? But uh, it's, def it's definitely a little bit more, a bit more direct. I, I found this last uh -huh. time I was here. I think there was a definitely a tendency to. I don't want to be disrespectful, but uh, you already have. There's a bit less football and a bit more. Wow. Oh yeah. Simulation. No, it's, you know, it's super direct. It's like yeah. it's like if there is a glitch or anything, not a glitch, but if there's like something that's broken in the game. Mm. like it's going to get used and abused right yeah, it, like yeah. the whatever the mechanic is that's like strongest that is going to a hundred percent be right and, and the meta tactic you're going to see a lot yeah like this isn't something that's exclusive to the us of course like people in europe also uh, abuse the meta where they can it's it's pretty common across all games everywhere um, but in terms of the percentage of higher skilled players you'll play a higher percentage in the us They'll go for one particular thing all game. Often, of course, you know. Uh, the, the counter. The counter, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And, but it might be like possession-based and they might just, it's interesting, they just stick to the same thing consistently. There isn't as much variety in an individual's play, it feels like, at the higher end than you get 
in Europe. Like, yes, they're very good at doing that specific thing. But in Europe, you'll play someone who's maybe a bit more varied, but maybe not quite as good as uh, one particular style, which is a bit more enjoyable, I have to say. But, you know, it's early stages and it doesn't seem so bad as well as his last time so far, but it is also early in the cycle. Anyway, enough of that. People have been asking, so I'll, I'll keep people updated. Um, but we should talk about tactics in FIFA 23. And uh, we'll start with you, Japes. Anything particularly that you've found so far? What are you using that sort of thing? Well, I found that five one two two i sort of was playing that on my own and then stumbled onto twitter and saw that it was meta and was like well i'm not using this anymore because you know as a fifa hipster or whatever you can't you can't you got to break the meta but i found that formation to be quite good you know my obvious next thought was like all right well if i want to counter this formation what formation would i play played quite a bit of the four two three one wide which is good on slow buildup but you have to be you have to be pretty patient but you will be able to break down your opponent and find passes it, in that formation. Having a an attacking mid and striker that have like good attacking positioning matters a lot because you're very reliant on them. Mm. From there, I tried gosh four five one four one four one three five two three four two one three one four two, uh, and ultimately the four triple two is very balanced and very, very good. Uh, and I mm. find that I very much enjoy playing it. You know, I play it on 77 depth, 75 depth maybe. So pretty high depth, 50 width, pressure on heavy touch. And then offensively, I play on balanced, direct passing, 35 width and seven for the players in the box. Instruction-wise, you know, I actually leave both of the strikers on balanced and I put one of the attacking mids on get into the box and free roam. Uh, the other one's on basic, basic stick to position. Uh, and then I use deep lying playmaker and stay back on one of my DMS and the other one, I just leave default. So I've, I've left it like really, really balanced across the board, but it works wonders for me. I, I mean, it's, it's very, very good formation, very well balanced. I foresee myself taking that formation and tactics maybe tweaked from that in some way, shape or form into the first weekend league. Mm, yeah. And that is coming uh, slight tangent here, but uh, any particular tips, James, you have for people? I imagine in your P2P snacks uh, newsletter, it's the kind of thing you might cover this week. Yeah, definitely. There's like a bad habit that a lot of us longtime FIFA players have where we do give and go passes by default. Mm. Where you hit left bumper or out one, don't do that this year. Your players are like pretty smart to begin with. But if you are going to do it, you can use the like, if you want to trigger a run, you can obviously do that by tapping left bumper. I'm going to talk Xbox terms so I don't go L1, LB. L1 and LB are interchangeable, but I tap left bumper. If you like start to get comfortable with that, you can also send them on directional runs, which is quite interesting because it will draw players out of position. So I have found that to be very, very strong. I would say just try to be patient working it like in, in this formation, at least with one of my midfielders on a deep line playmaker, it's very easy to change possession from one side to the other. And you can make there are these wonderful angled passes from your outside cams to your opposite striker that you can drive across and you get a shot off quite frequently. So, you know, that that's what I'd say. Uh, don't rush it. Don't spam LB1 you know, give and go style passes, be patient, your chances will come. Yeah. Uh, biggest thing I'd say in terms of that actually is also a habit that a lot of FIFA players have, especially having played with players who are ridiculously good on the ball towards the end of last cycle is just sprinting too much. I think it's something we often say on the podcast, like don't hold the sprint button too much. But I think 
you can get away with it with those endgame players and you just can't really do that at this point. And it will make you kind of a better player overall if you take things slowly as well. And I think unless there is clearly a counter on, you don't really need to be sprinting at all, particularly. Like it's not going to give you a huge advantage, especially with how passing is. We've got a question about this. I think taking your time, not passing off a sprint is going to help you quite a lot. Uh, so that's an important little point. Mm -hmm. I want to hear from Ivan, Dr. Nightwatch, about tactics and things. We did a bit more of a general gameplay ramble, but let's start off with like what tactic you've been using, what you found effective. So I personally always started the year with the um, with a generic tactic. So I choose a formation, mm. in this case, like 4222. And everything on 50-50, balanced, balanced, instructions, pretty much all of them balanced, except the fullbacks, uh, just to see what, what the gameplay is, how it's how it's without any instructions and what I need to change in tactics. Uh, what I figured works for me is change to a, a bit of a bit higher depth, up slightly mm. lower width, depending on the formation, <laughs> uh, but slightly, not too much. Like a 45 is, is enough for me. A 70 depth, 65, 75, depending on how bold you're feeling. Is that for the, just quickly, sorry to interrupt, is that for the auto offside? Because that used to happen around 70 something depth, didn't it? Is that still the case, do you think? You're getting that offside trap? I've only recently changed to 70 plus, so mm. I'm yet to, to figure out if it's consistent, if it does auto offsides. But this mm. year, I definitely feel a change in depth. So there's a, in my mind, there's a difference between 50 and 65 from what I've seen. Uh, I don't know if it's placebo, that's how it feels, but it, it, yeah i feel change i i was playing 60 and then i increased to like 70 something because i i felt like it wasn't giving me the like offside trap at all at 60 yeah and when i went to 70 something i did feel like it was just a little bit more well basically i was just seeing more offsides and it's hard to know exactly like whether what the reason is but it felt like that was having an effect so i would kind of say if you're on like 65 maybe do go up to like 71 or 72 just to be sure you're kind of in that in that region yeah, but yeah i sorry. do i do think it's worth it yeah definitely yeah um, especially because I think although dribbling and passing is harder than previous years, it's still kind of easy to hold the ball if you wanted to without going forward. So it mm. kind of allows you to play a higher line and just manually press better when you have high depth. Mm. And in terms of going forward tactics, I do, I am experimenting with long ball and direct passing because last year I played both on balance, despite direct passing being kind of meta. Mm. So this year I'm kind of experimenting still with with different attacking tactics to, to have more space to go forward. In general, I think wingers are a necessity one way or another this FIFA. So you can't just play 4-1-2-1-2 and two narrow, I don't think, because mm. passing is more difficult, dribbling is more difficult. So when you don't have the option out wide, it's very hard to, mm -hmm. to make your way through. And then... Brammers, what about you? Any particular tactics, uh, even if it's like instructions or uh, maybe you've been using fast build-up? I actually have been myself and that's been quite helpful. Um, anything you've been doing from that perspective you think is working? Well, I, I started off with a 4-3-3 with everything on balance and I wasn't making a lot of progress. Uh, and I thought, okay, I'm going to switch to a two-striker formation. Uh, and it coincided with me seeing a link in the chat to uh, one of Neil Guide's videos about 4-4-2. And I thought, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I don't usually do and just like go completely to the other extreme and, and have all of the instructions he suggests and all of the all the tactical stuff and just get really complicated and see what that's like. Uh, and it's been good. So, I mean, I've, I'm in a four, four, two, I've got press after possession loss, which I think is proving very effective, probably because dribbling's a bit more difficult. And, um, as Japes said, people are a little bit, uh, sort of over-reliant on the, the LB passing or one passing kind of, uh, thing. And, um, so I've been recovering the ball quite well that way. Um, and, 
other than that, it's kind of fairly standard width and depth, a bit higher than um, than the basic. And um, something that Neil recommended as well was uh, long ball on build-up play. The thinking, I think, being that um, with through passes being so effective, that this was quite a good way of just um, stretching the play and, and taking advantage of that. Mm. And then in terms of instructions, uh, I've got one of the strikers on getting behind. Um, the other one's just on mixed. The uh defenders still stay back while attacking midfielders are generally sort of like cover center and then uh, uh one of them's on stay on the edge of the box for the cross the other one's on get into the box defenders are sorry the uh, the wingers are both on getting behind and get into the box for crosses and this has generally been working quite well like i feel like i get the ball and i'm able to move it out to the wings for effectively into space and then bring it into the center or not bring it into the center and just go straight for that travella shot anytime i get any space in kind of the final third um i go go for a uh, power shot because it's if it's on target and there's not much in the way then you'll probably at the very least draw a save and it's so mm. satisfying when they go in from long range it's just crazy so i've been doing that a lot uh things that i've noticed other than that i would say ball roll scoop is kind of less effective than it used to be which naturally mm. coincides with me having mastered it so thanks for that ea <laughs> uh also corners um i always play the corner into the box because i find that either uh you score a goal which doesn't happen terribly often or it bounces out to somebody who can immediately take a power shot which mm. is uh which seems to be pretty good and if it as i said with the other thing about power shots it's either going to be a goal or probably another corner uh, which has been good. Mm. Something I don't like is that um, uh, I find the ball is going back to the attacker quite a lot. Um, when mm, I yeah, I thought last cycle was really good for not yes, having that happen, and I've noticed and it it's way a shame more. To see that, yeah. Mm, so I'm not hugely a fan of that. The the only other thing they like, I know everyone said it ad nauseum, but um, the uh, the lengthy uh, running type, like we haven't really, I don't know if we talked about it on previous ones about why it's effective but i i've been i usually have streams on in the background when i'm working and people like um tom stokes um the fifa pro are just saying like if you don't have lengthy on everyone then you're doing it wrong and that kind of thing so that definitely seems to be i just disagree with that well yeah we'll, we'll talk more about that for sure um but yeah i know it's definitely something that we'll, we'll i can't tell the difference personally i'm just passing on the the, the thinking but that's something I, I immediately sort of just did yeah, and, and like the only other thing I would say is like I'm enjoying the Travella thing. Everyone should enjoy the Travella thing. I definitely think they will nerf this one mm. for a, a bunch of reasons, which maybe we can talk about later or something. But I just hope it doesn't nerf the passing Travella because that's not that strong, sure. but also feels amazing. So Yeah, well, so like super quick, like the reason I think they will nerf this as opposed to like power shots, which I think they might allow to remain roughly as it is, is I think with with this, um, like they will, if you look at like their intent with stuff like this, like they will want to give people outside for options, and, but they, they want them to feel kind of exclusive to players who would actually do that. Whereas at the moment you can mm. score like a 30-yard Travella with Adama. And one of the reasons it's so in, in sort of negatively impactful is that there's no real counterplay to it. You don't need much space to do mm. it. You don't really need any backlift. Um, it's going to push the meta in a particular direction. I just think that they'll they'll treat it. They'll probably do to it what they did with finesse shots early last year. Um, it yeah. also just seems dumb that finesse is really hard to score comparatively. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I expect they'll. But enjoy it while you can. Yeah, it's also that thing of like, I would imagine they were just like, oh, you know, we'll just make them possible, and they didn't really consider that actually for whatever reason outside the foot shots probably have always been quite strong, but 
people just couldn't do them consistently. <laughs> so yeah. we're now seeing them just go in when previously they would have gone in, but they just weren't happening. So I think, yeah, I, I feel like it was probably just an oversight and they'll just take a look at it and be like, okay, we need to slightly reduce whatever it is, the accuracy, or maybe it's Keeper's ability to respond to them. Because I've really felt that Keepers mm. are just, unless you have a really high rated one with really good chem, they're just really not that great. And I think it's something that, uh, I don't know, I, I'm more and more thinking like, I might even, even though Mike Mannion has been good and he's on full chem, he is good. I would be interested to play with a keeper who's like full chem and even better than him to see whether there's like an, a tier above um, because he has been so much improved on. I can't remember who I was using before. I think it might have been like Handanovic or someone also on full chem. So either way, he feels way better than previous uh, keeper who was like worse stats. So yeah, well, the, one, the one other thing I wanted to say, it was more of a question is, is about, mm. I noticed you mentioned this on the other podcast uh, about chem styles on keepers. I, I've been using Larice and I just have him on basic um, mm. and I haven't really looked into it at all. So from what you were saying is glove the play this year. Yeah. It, I almost, well, I, I think it's always been the best for me because it only boosts in quotes, like useful stats. Right. Yeah. Obviously speed and kicking are useful to some extent, but not so much as the other ones. Uh, and, and basic this year is only plus fours across the board, right. which is so much lower than it used to be. Right. And now that means that because glove still gives like plus 15, I think it is on handling. It really is like for me, uh, a bit of a no-brainer to find a keeper with high reflexes and put a glove on them if if they're getting good chem of course because that's going to make a big difference to yep. the boost but um yeah that would be my go-to there and i think that's like really changed my thoughts on keepers i was like they're really bad they need a buff but having used a keeper on full chem who's good with a glove i'm not so sure anymore and also i'd say that the biggest tip i'd have on keepers is to bring your keeper out as much as possible they're not as easy to get around this cycle and they are just so much better in one-on-one -on -one situations than from distance so definitely do that uh, on that we'll take a break and we'll be back to talk about lengthy and the developing discussion around accelerate hello listener a couple of questions from me in the break would you like to win 24,000 FIFA points? Would you like to keep the Foot Weekly pod going? And would you like an extra podcast every week? Because all of that is available over on the Patreon. If you would like to support the podcast, keep it going, get an extra podcast every week, and actually loads more as well, and enter a 24,000 FIFA point giveaway, then there's no better time to become a supporter. Just search Support Foot Weekly, or follow the link in the description, or go to bit.ly slash 23 points because that giveaway is to celebrate the start of FIFA 23. Thank you very much for listening. And if you do decide to support, then a huge thank you. Let's get back into the pod. Hello, welcome back after the break. I did want to quickly mention, I didn't say anything about my tactics and I did talk about having gone to a 4-2-3-1 brackets two last week. So I felt I should follow up. I think basically the simple thing to say is i'm actually reconsidering maybe going back towards the false nine have been playing a four three two one as a kind of stepping stone formation because the players are tied together and in the current fifa 23 gameplay state where passing isn't so easy and players are not so good at passing i think that's definitely helping and still makes me think that something around the false nine could still work in the future so um, i'm still working on it one thing that did help actually is switching long passing from semi-assisted to assisted and i felt like that was something that made me think playing across the pitch 
could actually still be effective and still be quite useful and accurate. So something to consider. And actually on controller settings, it's something that I would like to discuss, but I feel like people are still working things out. So we won't dwell on it too much. If I feel I've come upon what I feel is the best option, I will definitely share that in the Discord. There is one thing we can say, and that is that the adaptive switching seems to be causing some stuttering, drop frames, lag, and it's a new setting. And it's something that if you go into your controller settings, you'll be able to turn off because it's on by default. But is there anything, Ivan, that you would take note of controller settings-wise? So I agree with the switching. I thought I initially thought Classic would be the way to go. Then adaptive has this one perk where... If you're slightly inaccurate with your switch, it doesn't go to a player that's further away, but responds to your input. So I thought adaptive being helpful to let you switch uh, to a player that's nearby would be the case. But as you said, it kind of lags, delays. So I'm back to classic. Mm -hmm. I think people should change to that. I have the icon switching off personally. It's a small detail, but when you move keeper or you press it by accident, I think it's just annoying and it's uh, it's problematic. And I don't think there's something specific. Analog sprint I have uh, off. And these are pretty much the settings in terms of passing and, and, and everything else that's semi or assisted. I just go with what's default because that's what's going to be in competitive. So mm. that's the way I keep it. That being said, I think that the default might be to have lobbed passing on semi when you can actually put it on assisted. Potentially the same for crossing. So it might be worth checking still. But yeah, we'll talk about this more in the future. Let's move on to the pressing matter at hand over the last week, which is Accelerate, or as people have simply been referring to it as players being lengthy, uh, which actually, despite what people might be thinking, means that players have a certain Accelerate type, which is lengthy. Now you've got two others as well, and although the focus has been on lengthy, it's important not to forget about the others, explosive and controlled. I'm going to explain it a bit again because I'm aware that although we've talked about it quite a bit over the summer, some people may be joining and listening to the podcast now, and it's probably good to have that bit of context. Also important to say that it is a next-gen only feature, so it doesn't affect the old-gen versions of the game. In past FIFAs, the way acceleration worked was a player would increase in speed consistently until they reached their top speed. But obviously, if you think about it, that's not exactly very realistic because when people run, they maybe accelerate or start to go faster earlier on and then their speed kind of tails off until they eventually reach their top speed. Acceleration is not as consistent in real life when a player's running. The idea was to change that make it so that there were three different types controlled, which is, as I've just described, how players used to accelerate previously, but also explosive and lengthy. Explosive, meaning a player will increase in speed quite quickly early on, but then kind of tail off and actually end up going slower towards the end of their acceleration than a player who's controlled. Lengthy, on the other hand, is going to start quite slow but will increase to a higher speed quicker than the others later on if you take three players with the three different types explosive controlled lengthy and they have exactly the same pace acceleration sprint speed they will reach assuming all other factors are equal their top speed at the same time so this difference in acceleration type is just affecting 
their speed during acceleration, right? And lengthy, they're getting faster towards the end. And I think that is what causes people, whether rightly or wrongly, to feel it's better. Um, and also the speed that they reach is higher than an explosive player during acceleration. So I think that has meant that a lot of people are looking to have lengthy on their players, especially bigger players who are going to be able to use explosive less well, right? They're not going to be uh, nipping past defenders in the same way as the smaller players. So they're looking to get lengthy on players, particularly the bigger ones. And they've also realized, as it says in the gameplay pitch notes, that you can actually achieve this by adding a chemistry style because lengthy calculation is essentially, there are other factors too, worth looking at the pitch note, but that you need plus 14 strength over agility, which you can obviously achieve on quite a few players with chemistry styles like marksman, architect. And then for agility, it's plus 15 agility over strength. There are some height limitations, a few other things too. But it basically means people are looking to get these uh, on people, particularly lengthy, as I said, uh, believing it to be overpowered as such. Interesting to know what people think here and uh, have a bit of a discussion about it. So over to you, Ivan, and what have you made of it? I like the, the feature itself, the lengthy explosive control, as it makes, quote unquote, unusable players a lot, a lot more usable, be it slow mm. defenders or slower attackers like Cristiano or even some, some icons uh, in FIFA. In terms of the, the game styles affecting uh, the style, I think people haven't talked about it enough, but that's in a way some sort of proof that chem styles work, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, they don't necessarily make a player 99 pace if you slap a hunter, but that that's down to agility, down to balance, dribbling, etc., etc. But they do work as, as they're supposed to stat-wise, at least in-game, if that's how they feel. Mm. And in terms of like the styles themselves, I think lengthy will be kind of meta for uh, unless there's no change obviously and, and no patch which i don't think should nerf lengthy but should maybe boost a bit of controlled or a bit of explosive mm. i think lengthy is is fine because it makes the players usable it's it's again about balancing it which even now i'm i'm kind of fine with because usually the explosive players have pace the lengthy players don't and it kind of evens out like when you watch a real life game they like a, a cross or or a slower player they don't get absolutely done for pace 24 7 right they have some sort of pace mm -hmm. what i think will become meta is um defenders with uh obviously pace and lengthy if possible mm. same thing with attackers holland being the biggest example it's early to tell about cristiano but he's obviously also up there and i think for for midfielders though i don't think lengthy will and should be meta because when you think about it Lengthy is effective over a 50, 50 meter distance, right? Less, I think, but yeah. And how often do you realistically run more than 50 meters at a time with your midfielder? So I think for midfielders controlled or even maybe explosive, although that will be a rarity considering the players you play in midfield, um, will be a lot more effective. So we're yet to test that out, obviously, but I think it makes sense for a midfielder to be to be quicker as you're trying to cut off a passing lane or you're trying to catch up to a pass that's gone near you or any other scenario which doesn't involve you chasing behind a player for more than 50 meters. Yeah, I should jump in and say actually though, because you mentioned 50 meters, but that's like half a pitch. And from speaking to producers, seeing it in game, it's nothing like that kind of distance, I don't think. It's more like the first couple of meters for explosive and then maybe 10 to 20 where your lengthy style would kick in so it's a real kind of small 
window, but that window can make quite a difference in you know chasing back a striker or whatever. So it does matter. But I've seen a lot of people testing and testing over 50 meters, which is half a pitch or 100 meters. But the truth is players aren't that different in speed. If you look at uh, clock speeds of players, like real players, there are various stats out there. The differences in speeds between players isn't that huge at all. And so there isn't going to be a huge difference over 50 meters or 100 meters. It's that shorter distance where there is a difference. And it is where explosive initially is going to help a player out, whether it's, you know, skill move, maybe accelerating out of that and beating a centre-back. But then the centre-back is going to get that, if they're lengthy, uh, boost to their acceleration a little bit later, which is probably going to allow them to catch up with that forward. So I guess that is the dynamic and how it should work. So if you're seeing testing and numbers at 50 metres, at 100 metres, that's not how this system operates. It doesn't affect at all players' sprint speed at all. It's all about the acceleration. And in fact, it doesn't affect the total time it takes for that player to get to their sprint speed. It only affects how quick they're going during that acceleration at certain points. Uh, hopefully that makes sense. I know it's quite a complicated thing, but I think there's maybe too much emphasis on lengthy at the moment or a lack of thought about what is actually happening they're taking these big strides and they're catching up. They must be fast, but that's not really how it works. James, how, how have you found it? What have you taken away from playing with these different players? I mean, I would echo uh, what Dr. Nightwatch said 100%. Mm. I mentioned it in the content podcast a little bit. Like having a explosive midfielders or even wide players as well, where you're in situations and, and frankly, even as like a second striker where you're in situations where you have to be like rather, uh, I suppose like precise and shifty with your dribbling. I've found to be like much better. I don't tend to play, I guess, formations where I require like big sweeping over the top through balls. It's just like not my play style. You know, I have liked having one striker that is lengthy just to see you know, kind of kind of what it's like. You can play that big through ball to that player, but I'm more interested, less so in like the lengthy, but like strength seems to matter a ton to me. Mm. And like the stronger players, I've been very, very interested in. And then playing a high line with the, you know, lengthy style or whatever, like, I don't know if it's different or how it feels, but I just love the fact that I can use like baseline good defenders mm. now, even if their pace isn't super high. So, you know, I... I I don't think we know everything yet, but mm. my baseline is like, I absolutely love this change and I don't think it's lengthy or bust. I think it just depends on your style and like the position of the player and what you want. Cause you know, there's midfielders, especially, especially if you're playing like a three man midfield and you have those two CMs, mm. like a lot of people put cover center on their instructions as well. So you don't need them taking like lengthy strides out wide. Mm. It, just seems to me like you'd rather have like the quick change of pace to be able to then ping a pass. It's just yeah. people are so used to in FIFA playing these big over the top through balls to players like Vinicius that have 96 pace and being like, well, he's gone, right? Mm. Like that's all I had to think about. And that's just not the case anymore, which is yeah. amazing for anybody that's like an actual, mm. you know, football fan. Yeah, that's fair. And Bram, is there anything you'd like to add on lengthy? Not massively. I mean, like, I feel like 
this whole subject area is going to be like uh, like work rates for me, where I know it's a thing in the game, and I've played the game for a long time, and I should figure it out, but uh, I, I have like a sort of weird banner blindness to work rates, and I imagine this will be the same. I just don't really think about it so far. Uh, if a mm. guy has lengthy, then hurrah, because people say that's good. But Here's an interesting thing. Have you noticed the lengthy animation? That's, I think that's a good question because it is something people can look for. I don't even know, to be honest. I've noticed that the players uh, who I had in Central Defense were doing a good job of tracking down attackers and then I noticed afterwards that they had lengthy on them. Interesting. I think the one thing I would say is look out for the animation mm -hmm. because you can see it, them doing these lengthy strides. There's a specific running animation. And also actually it's worth checking out video on the pitch notes that will show kind of visually what it looks like when you're seeing these accelerate types in effect. And it also, obviously they have different pace, those players. So it's not maybe the best barometer, but it clearly shows like it's all about that initial burst over the first 10 or maybe 20 meters at most. And I think it does help for centre-backs catching up. And I think it's important to bear that in mind. But I just think it's important not to forget that raw pace is still king, right? I use St. Just yeah. like extensively. And because he has 96 sprint speed, 90 acceleration base, I played against someone with Haaland on basic and he caught him every time because his pace is higher. Uh, you know, Haaland may have had that, for, those, for context, St. Just does not have lengthy as controlled. So he caught him pretty much every time. He was faster than him. That was obvious. Haaland maybe had that little bit of extra pace over those 10 to 20 meters. But realistically, it wasn't something that was hugely beneficial for him compared to the raw pace. I played Haaland with Hunter and it was a lot closer, right? Because the pace is then the same. And uh, Haaland got in behind, I think, a few times where he hadn't previously at all. So I think that is just worth bearing in mind. And I think, Ivan, I guess the point is you can't lose sight of that pace, right? It is key. I mean, at, at pro level and high meta, I think this year is the, the best year you can get away with playing a player like Ruben Diaz, right? Not only does mm -hmm. he have good defensive stats, good strength, like we mentioned on the podcast already, but also the lengthy. So it's it makes, again, these very good players in real life a lot more usable in FIFA, which has never really been the case. Mm. Um, same with Haaland. Haaland, despite slowly improving his passing in real life, in FIFA, he doesn't have the best passing So and dribbling. And you notice that in-game. He can't pass or turn or dribble to save his life, but he can catch up the through balls, he can out-muscle players, and he can score, which is a very good representation of what he's been so far. Mm. Whereas last year, Haaland was, I wouldn't say unusable, but you would not see him in the high divisions or high ELO in, in weekend league. So... Mm. I think pace, although it does matter, I do believe a low-rated defender with high pace will not be better than a slower defender with good rating and good defensive stats compared to mm -hmm. other years. Yeah, uh, no, I think that's definitely true. I think in that sense, it is good because it is giving those players, like Van Dijk is such a good example because with a shadow, he's max sprint speed and has lengthy and that low acceleration he has, which has been such a huge problem in the past, is no longer that much of a problem. And I think that is the really important thing. Like the reason why it is a good thing, I think overall for the game, and maybe there's some balancing issues, but I think, yeah, it, it is a good move. Uh, we should probably wrap up there, actually. There's so much more we could talk about, of course, and uh, continue discussions if you're a supporter, gold tier or above, in the Discord, of course, uh, you know, message the pod. 
at footweeklypod on Twitter, footweekly at mail.com if you've got any thoughts, anything you want us to discuss, and of course for those pound for pound suggestions. Um, but yeah, it's been great to have Brammers, you're on the podcast this week. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been really interesting. I've learned some things and uh, I've uh, had a very nice time as usual. Yeah, and Japes and Brammers also on the content podcast supporter episode this week. It'll alternate which one is the supporter episode. If you want both podcasts every week, then support the pod and keep it going. It really makes a difference. You can do that. Just search support for weekly. Uh, thank you very much to Ivan as well. Great to have you on. Thanks for having me again and looking forward to discussing more overpowered and new mechanics in FIFA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he just gave us the title there of his podcast. And uh, yeah, it's been great. Where can people find you actually if they want to catch up with you on Twitter, etc.? Twitter, Twitch, I've been streaming pretty much oh, daily yeah. since oh, yeah, the start yeah, yeah. of FIFA. Nice. So just gameplay tips, a lot of a lot of power shots, a lot of lengthy discussions and uh, and all mm. the rest what what concerns FIFA. Nice. Thanks, Japes. Great to have you on. Great to have your thoughts. I'm sure there'll be plenty more coming soon. Yes, plenty more. I'll have more, of course, in my weekly newsletter, P2P Snacks. You can find that via my Twitter profile at AirJapes, but always happy to be uh, on this pod and, of course, happy to be back chatting as well. Indeed, and it's been great to have you as well, listener, along. And if you would like to come along every week, then you could subscribe so you get this podcast into your podcast feed each week. And if you would like an extra podcast into your feed each week, then head over and become a supporter. It's a great time because there's a 24,000 FIFA point giveaway going on on Patreon. Uh, just search support foot weekly and you'll find the patron there it's just three pounds and uh, you get as i said double the podcast content every week a whole extra podcast and there's one there for you to listen to now you can listen to the back catalog it is great so head over there any support is greatly appreciated right a big thank you to all those supporters for keeping the pod going and those icon patrons dave b hugh j coach vass alan g alistair anthony r dominic p rob p jeff b stephen f Tom B, Damon H, David S, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Neil P, Adam G, Elliot M, Dan W, at Pace of a Tortoise, Roger D, Jake G, Springford, Nishant, Harry P, Alex M, Lee A, Brendan W, Andrew C, Joe W, Timothy J, Dylan, Adam R, Sam K, Graham W, Andy, Ads H2K, and Brian V. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add though. FIFA's a bit like life really, it has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance, so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. 
That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.